0: Hello and welcome to Ride or Die. I forgot the name for a second. Uh, I'm your host Tyler, and with me, as always, is Mike. This is a podcast where we watch and recap episodes of Common Rider. We started with Common Rider Double, but now, now we are moving on to Common Rider Blade.
1: Yes, yes, Blade. We have we've gone back. To a, a different show called Blade.
0: Yes, he is the fifth Hey writer and the fourteenth writer overall. Yes. So, uh, what you thinking, Mike? Are you, how you how you feeling?
1: I'm I'm what? just man. It's just it's a new chapter, a new season of uh, Ride or Die here. It's just yeah, this is this
0: is officially the start. Officially. I said that weird. Officially <laughs> the start of season two of Ride or Die.
1: Man, I'm just excited. I'm I'm getting into this another, you know, world of Kamen Rider.
0: I've got new art made. I should show you that while we're, while we're uh, here.
1: Oh, yeah, you should. I want to see, man. I don't get to see the stuff you do. Give me that. Give me that stuff. Oh, nice. Nice.
0: It's okay, not as good as the first one, but it's, we'll deal it, with
1: it. it. for For our podcast, it's fine. <laughs> it's not not gonna be like a the award next one. Will be better. Or... Okay. Um, no, I'm I'm thoroughly curious about uh, this next uh, show here, Blade. I I only knew because I've seen like the intro of it. I've seen like uh, stills, and I've seen like bits and pieces of it, clips of it. So I'm like. I'm ready to dive in, man. Are you?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know much about Blade. I've seen I've seen the characters show up in various other Kamen Rider crossover stuff. Uh, I know that one of the characters we'll meet, uh, he is a writer. I know that he uh, shows up again in Kamen Rider Forze as a different character. He plays like a vice principal or something, and that's cool. Uh, and uh, they have cool suits. And I recently I've watched the the crossover or the, the more like homage episode that was in Zeo because Zio is an anniversary season. So they they do cover Blade as well as the other Heisei writers. So but as far overall, I've never seen this season. I don't know anything about like what's happening and all the stuff I do know. I have literally zero context for so ready to hop in.
1: Yeah, we are going in blind, folks. Uh it's gonna be interesting to see what Tyler's reaction is as well as mine. So um let's hop right into it.
0: So uh today we'll be covering Common Rider Blade episode one titled The Indigo Warrior. Episode aired on January two thousand January twenty-fifth, two thousand and four. Just uh is written by Shoji Imai, who uh, is new to uh, this podcast as a whole, and uh, as far as we know, have only has only written for common Rider Blade. He wrote 20 episodes out of the 49, and uh, directed by Hidenori Ishta, who we have covered before. So,
1: That's good. That's good. We're familiar with his directorial uh, work, at least. So. Yes.
0: Uh, this episode uh, aired alongside Abba Ranger episode 48. So that, that's like pretty close to the end of Abba Ranger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I did notice that actually.
0: So, uh, yeah. If you're ready to hop in, so am
1: I. I am, man. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So let's strap on our belts, put on our helmets, and let's ride.
1: Let's ride.
0: And that was *Common Rider Blade Episode 1, The Indigo Warrior. What would you think, Mike?
1: Uh, it's a good introductory episode. It leads into a cliffhanger leading to the next episode, but that gets you hooked onto the show. And for me, I'm kind of curious what goes on with the show after this episode.
0: Good. Because we have uh, 48 more to go.
1: <laughs> of course i'm, I'm dedicated to the show regardless but it's yeah it has a, a little mis- a little mystery mystique to it just like hmm there's a lot more to uh, unfold here in this uh, show the more than meets the eye
0: yes what do you think about the cards
1: the cards are pretty cool i love the cards Um uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why i chose this season because of the card motif um um, that's cool, and especially with the belt to Like he pulls out a card, and it's like cards make a belt, and then thing pops out with a belt buckle. It's like, damn! And then, you know, he does his henshin, and then he says, "Turn it up!" And he's like, he runs like right through the card that makes it in front of him. I was like, oh, it's one of those kind of morphing kind of sequences.
0: Yeah, except he, he's. He's doing it in that area, not some kind of weird transformation zone. Right,
1: right, right, right. I'm not comparing it to, like, Power Rangers (laughs) or Super Sentai. I'm just saying it's just like... um, But, yeah, Tyler, did you notice that this was uh, in 60 frames per second? Yes. So this is one of the last shows to be run in 60 frames per second, so um i I didn't notice that right away i was like oh that's a bit different uh with the frames per second i was like
0: it's a a thing they tried back then a lot of like japanese live action shows it kind of it kind of makes it feel like a uh like a soap opera kind of vibe
1: yeah i was just gonna say that exactly because it has that uh filming rate uh, as well and but it also it's a time capsule of it's time because it's two thousand and four, you know it's like back in the 2000s, you know it kinda has a videotape kind of feel to it.
0: I like that when they they pull out the cards on their weapon uh blade's sword or or uh Garen's gun yeah uh, it like they they splay out like you're like you're holding the cards like you're you're looking at them,
1: yeah, you're, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> that was pretty cool.
0: All right, so let's uh, let's get into the plot here. Probably won't read all of this. I'll probably skip around some bit, but let's let's just hop right yeah, in.
1: It's it's fine. Let's go for it, man.
0: So an indigo common rider rides his motorcycle through mud and sand while other common rider in uh the color maroon uh fights a bat monster that appears to be overpowering him. The Blue Rider continues his path along the beach while the Bat Monster takes complete control of the battle with the Red Rider being pushed into rocks and thrown around like a doll. Meanwhile, a rock climber climbs down a rock wall to a cave. A woman at a computer panel talks to the Blue common Rider, Kazuma Kinzaki, uh, informing him of the location he is to be at. The computer panel pops up an icon on a map labeled Undead, which is the name of the monster's. Um, The Red Rider continues to get thrown around. The woman, alongside a man at the panel, tell Kazuma to hurry as the Red Rider, Sakuya Tachibana, Sakuya Tachibana, is in the midst of a difficult battle currently. Kazuma Mm -hmm. continues to ride along, uh, continuing to breathe on his location. He's also doing, like, turns and donuts and stuff. He's kind of taking his time, but... uh, The rock climber jumps down to the bottom and enters the cave. The undead monster sends bats at Sakya, which attack him in a swarm. The undead takes the opportunity and knocks Taichibana over just as the climber sees that battle and hides behind a rock. At the exact moment, a rock wall bursts open, and Kazuma appears on his motorcycle, knocking over the undead in the process. Mind you, he's already transformed at this point. We don't know
1: what he looks like. Right, yeah, he's already in, you know, suited up.
0: One of those writer shows where they start out uh, already a writer. I wonder if we'll yeah. see that in that origin. Like, we kind of got it in double, but we kind of skipped their, like, training process.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which would have been hard. Uh, Sakia takes out his gun and shoots at the undead, blowing a hole in the roof in the process and causing the sunlight to scare it away. Both he and Cosmo get on their cycles again and right off chasing it, Sakia tries to shoot it in the cavern, and after numerous attempts, manages to injure it. Cosmo pulls out his sword and throws it like a dart at the Undead, causing it to crash into the ground. Cosmo picks his sword back up and scans a tackle card through his sword, which then holographically moves to his chest plate. Cosmo burns in a white light and hits the Undead. However, the Undead shields itself with his wings, causing it to have no effect and also causing Cosmo to get thrown back. The computer panel indicates that he has failed in his attempt, and Sakia tells Kazuma that he isn't a match for them yet. Sakia pulls out a range of cards from the back of his gun and scans two cards through his gun, Drop and Fire. He jumps into the air and somersaults, kicking the monster with flaming boots as he lands, which is a new kind of kick I've seen from uh, the writers. I've never seen that kind of kick in a show, one of these shows at least i mm. have no, always seen something new.
1: There you go.
0: Uh, something similar to a belt buckle unlatches on the monster's waist. Sakia claims that that it is a category eight, and throws a card at the undead, hence sealing it in the card. The rock climber looks on in amazement at what he just witnessed. As Sakia berates Cosmo about how he should not just plunge into battle, they both remove their belts, canceling the transformations. Asaki as arrives off, the rock climber comes out from behind a wall and compliments his coolness, causing a fiery explosion from Kazuma. The rock climber introduces himself as Kotaro Shirai, tells Kazuma that he aspires to be a non fiction scientific writer, and asks him for an interview. Kotaro explains that he has been investigating the two for a long time, citing a legend about the common writers. Kazuma tries to deny it and leave as uh, and as hard as Kotaro tries, Cosmo manages to get away from him. Uh, back at the computer panel, the man at the panel gets up and leaves as the word board appears on the screen in front of them, implying that this is the company's name. Cosmo mm-hmm. returns to board headquarters and goes through numerous security scans before being allowed access. He walks past many laboratories where various experiments are being held and carried out. The man who was previously at the panel exclaims how this is the third time in two months that has undead had appeared. The woman asks what they are, but the man who appears to be her boss tells her that all they need to worry about at the moment is sealing them. Kazuma and Sakia also enter the room, and Kazuma reminds them that the cards are compatible with the writer systems, so uh, those cards. Those cards. Uh. They can use them as well when they sell them. Mm -hmm. So that might come into play later. Uh, Sakia gets frustrated as he believes that they sent Kazuma to save him. He questions their faith in his power, to which the man denies, and rather, he wanted to be prepared for anything. Kazuma tried to boost Sakia's spirits, but Sakia replies with the question of why Kazuma is fighting and why he became a writer. Kazuma tells him that it's his job, but he also wants to protect... Humanity and the Earth. Sakia warns him not to let that innocence get used. Sakia leaves, also leaving an awkward silence in the room. And then we we about to learn some some info on what board is. Yep. So later that night, Kodoro writes an article on board, an acronym of Board of Archaeological Research Department, which researches how humanity has managed to remain at the top of the food chain on Earth for so long. He writes that board seems to feel that the theory of evolution appears to be incomplete and are in the midst of research on it. He questions how the common Riders come into the big picture, not to mention the monster that he saw earlier. The next morning, Cosmo returns home to his apartment to find out that his landlady has rented his room to someone else. He explains to her that he told her that he would be training somewhere for two months, but she seems uncaring of his problems telling him that she is not running a charity. And that's true. If you were going to be gone for two months, Cosma, uh, you probably should have paid your two months written, like she said.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't really prepare for that at all. He just like got up and left for two months. Like, really, dude? <laughs> Come on.
0: Uh, this is where he uh, he gets hit by two doors.
1: Yeah, it's got a little bit of a comedic tone to that. It was just like, bam, bam. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs>
0: the landlady comes out and hits him with the door as she's as she's leaving and then he's like hey where are you going and the he gets hit by another door and the guys like hey you're being too loud <laughs> he's like sorry sorry yep <laughs> he uh so where was i yeah, yeah yeah so uh she drives off she has a motorcycle
1: yeah, I was and like, yeah, she, she rides too. I was like, alright, everybody's riding a motorcycle nowadays. That's...
0: She puts on her sunglasses and as she's actually driving away. He's like, you shitty old hag. And she stops like, and turns you say? around and looks at him. <laughs> what
1: did you say? Like, nothing.
0: <laughs> and so here's where uh, Kotoro comes in. He passes by on his bicycle, making fun of Cosma. All jokes aside, he invites Cosma out to his house. He explains that after his parents died, his uncle took care of him. And left the house to him. Cosma complains about the dirtiness and the state of the dilapidated house to which Kotoro replies that the two of them can fix it and live here. Cosma <sighs> tells him that he hadn't said he was going to live there yet. Kotoro tells him that he has no other choice and he has no other relatives which worries Cosma for a moment. Kotoro explains that he is writing a book about the common writers and that he will give Cosma a room if he provides him with an interview. Cosmo explains that what he and Bored do can't go public and Kodoro agrees with him. All that means to him, however, is that he will not release the interview without Cosmo's permission. Cosmo tells Kodoro that he will stay the night, but that does not mean he agrees about the interview. Down in one of the laboratories, Sakia, in the middle of numerous alien shells latched onto the walls, one of the shells cracks open and allows a horde of small bugs to escape. It's a really creepy scene. Yeah, just standing there in this green room full of pods and one of them busts open and you see all the tentacles laying out and stuff.
1: Yeah, and then the thing busts open and then the bugs turn to come out. I was like, ugh. Like, I keep reminding myself, oh, this is Kamen Rider. It has an insect motif uh, throughout the whole series. So I'm thinking, yep, that's what it is. It's common Rider, Mike. You even need to get used to insects.
0: Yes, even if you don't think they have a bug motif, they do.
1: They absolutely do.
0: Uh... A man on a motorcycle pulls up at a cafe called the Kitchen Cafe Jacaranda and walks in just as Kodro was talking to someone else about having a common writer in his home. The little girl asks him if he will bring the writer to the house, to which Kodro tells him soon. The owner of the cafe asks him what silly things they're talking about and whether Kodoro was actually working. Kodoro tells her that he'd rather write books and sell them and that he has found something interesting to write about. He tells the young girl, Amani Chan, that the and the owner, his sister, that he will write the bestseller, but neither of them truly believe him. The other man walks over to them and is greeted by both of the girls. They ask him uh, the photography they ask him if the photography went well, and he tells them that it was difficult. The woman starts reminiscing about how her husband was horrible photographing when he started too. When he started too with two O's there. Uh, she questions, uh, rhetorically, why he had to die so early and leave her and her child behind. Koro thanks the stranger for being their bodyguard of sorts, to which the man changes the conversation and walks off to his room. His sister explains that the man, whose name is Hajime, is shy. Hajime lulls the words "common writer" over and over again, remembering a painful experience he had previously. He runs into a closet and drops a change card on the floor, Revealing himself to be another rider, yeah. His card had a big heart on it, yes. Uh, because if, if you if you hadn't noticed, uh, Blade is a, a club and Garen is a spade,
1: yes. Yeah, the, each suit of the card, yeah. I didn't notice that, or is he a diamond?
0: I don't know. Hold on, now I, yeah. now I need to oh. know.
1: No now you need to needs we need to refer that people uh for sure because uh
0: Yeah it's he's a he's a diamond, not a spade. Who is spade then? Guess we'll find out. Uh yeah. I lost my place again.
1: That night. Uh
0: that night, there we go. Cosma has a string of nightmares about his parents perishing in a fire before waking up. He answers a phone call from a young woman at board telling him that board is currently under attack. The bugs from earlier are shown to, be a prob- shown to be the problem as they fly everywhere throughout the laboratories and control rooms, swarming scientists as they try to escape. They manage to destroy one of them the main panels, cutting electricity to the whole building and activating numerous alarms. The bugs come together and form together an undead form together to create an undead. Cosma finally gets to board. But finds everyone dead. Yes, he runs into the control room and eventually finds a woman whose name is Shiori Hirose. Shiori tells him that the undead attacked and that she saw Sakia controlling it. Kazuma mm. denies it, but Shiori tells him he saw Sakia and the chief having an argument earlier in which Sakia told him that he won't let board get in his way. Kazuma still fails to believe it. The insects swarm into the room again, and Kazuma follows him outside. While questioning to himself whether Sakya is really responsible. The insects form into a monster again and Cosma transformed into Blade to fight it. And again, it's a it's a cool transformation. He yes. he puts the, the card in the in the belt and like like a whole slew of cards come out and create the yep. actual belt part yep. as it swirls around him. Yep. And then the belt says, Turn up, which is a uh a phrase that the kids used to say back in the day a couple of years ago. <laughs> now just stay lit.
1: Yeah.
0: While he initially has the advantage, the undead soon begins to take control of the battle. Cosmo sees Sakia standing near him and asks him why he's watching and not helping. It's a really weird... It's not a weird shot. It's just a creepy shot because, of course, the helmets don't have, you know, facial expressions. So it's right. just like... It's just these fucking eyes. <laughs> yep. He's not saying anything. Uh, Sakiya doesn't respond as Kazuma continues to get beaten down by the Undead. He then asks him if he really is a traitor, to which he once again doesn't respond and simply walks away. Kazuma flies into a rage and takes back control of the battle, and then the episode ends.
1: Yep. That's the end of the episode.
0: Really, really, really decent start.
1: It is. A lot of questions to be answered. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's just like it's intriguing. It has there's backstabbing there's like betrayal there's like you know mystery involved there's um it's not a lot we know about um we do have uh, the undead uh to uh talk about because we do see a couple of undeads in here
0: that's true
1: uh there is the uh uh bat undead and the uh, what is the other one listed here? Hold on. Uh, the Locust Undead.
0: Yes, Bat and Locust. Let's uh, grab a picture of them. Oh, what was it? Whoops. Uh, desktop.
1: See, and and what I'm what I'm aware of in the show is that once they um, seal the undead they have cards and the riders can use the cards in the future for any attack towards future undead that's what I've uh, learned about come rider blade
0: let's just make a new Google doc yeah.
1: And this is going to be interesting, folks, because we are going to have to decipher uh, the ranking of the undead suit um, itself, so.
0: Actually, I could probably just, uh, hold on, I could put it in the other document, just to narrow it down to just one.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know, how, can I don't
0: know, know how many it. undead there are, but we'll just... Said maybe there are 49. There probably aren't. Uh,
1: uh, I believe uh, it's set up. There is 52 undead that okay. they have to seal up. That's part of the story. It's like there's 52 undead out in the bow and they have to seal them up.
0: Okay, so let's just slap this down one more. And then. uh jeez that then we do this forget how to combine these it's okay doesn't matter uh I'll fix all of that later. Uh, and now we should be good. Yep. All right. Let's talk about these undead. So first we have the... I posted that in completely the wrong place. Oops. There's no context there for that. Here's the Locust Undead. Because I accidentally didn't save the other one. So what do you think about the Locust Undead?
1: Um, The Locust Undead actually reminds me of most... Um... Uh, Kamen Rider designs of suits. I, I remember uh, looking in particular like a older looking uh villain. But yeah, he's got like green and it has got like spiky shoulder pads and like a pectoral kind of armor. It's very creepy actually. The face is just like very like... <laughs> Uh, that that'll give me nightmares. <laughs> uh, yeah, and
0: he looks like a. He looks like a suit they'd use for uh, someone like Comrade or Shin or something who looks who looks kind of similar to this.
1: Yeah, and mind you, we don't. I mean, kind of don't get a good look at him in the in the episode. It's like it's dark outside, so. Um, but the picture provided on the wiki actually does give a really good. Look at the undead itself. So,
0: yes, so that's the uh, Locust one who hasn't been defeated yet or sealed, I should say.
1: Yeah, well, I think he'll uh, be sealed up next episode. I'm guessing.
0: And then we have the bat undead. Bat undead.
1: Yes, uh, it was. It was the first undead encounter in the series, and the third they hunt down. Um, apparently.
0: Uh, it's Is got, it? like, it, it's It's another kind of black spiky suit, purple pecs, sort of like purple napes and some arm stuff there. But it's got wings, it's got, like, big bat ears, entirely black face, like a weird, like, blondish mohawk kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: I, I did notice that, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, bats are pretty cool. He's able to control bats and just, you know, um, cool design, pretty pretty cool the red wings and I, i'm noticing purple's a big color motif in this show i'm noticing a couple of times yeah so let's uh let's see here's the thing tyler do which one outranks the other do you do we think the locust or bat is higher than each other
0: wait just a second uh mm-hmm. Just formatting this. There we go. Okay. Uh, well, what do you think, Mike? Which one do you like more than the other one?
1: I, I mean, if you're talking about cool designs of suits here, that is really goofy looking, especially with that yellow tuff of hair at the top. Um, for sure, it's like what what what's that yellow tough of hair on top? Does do bats have a little tough of hair? <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't know. Um, do. I, I think the locust undead is actually a really creepy and dark design compared to the bat. I guess uh, the the locust undead actually looks like, looks like a, like a luchador <laughs> wrestler in a way because he's 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 got a big build like. He's just he's just ready to like throw down some punches and ready to like knock some people over so I would say i put the locust above uh bat in my opinion
0: okay so you're gonna put locust above bat
1: I mean that's what I would say i mean I like locust over uh bat
0: locust and then bat well mike I was actually gonna put bat over locust I just think it identifies more with the bat than the locust does with a locust, or maybe it's just a it's just a more designed suit compared to the locust, who
1: doesn't okay, look super okay. designed. Okay, okay, I can I can I can respect that.
0: All right, so those are our first two uh, kind of enemy rankings here. This yeah. Time they- This time we get to rank them separately uh, in the doc here.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, It's not one ranking, so.
0: All right, so. Would you Um, rate the episode, Mike? Interesting
1: question. Uh, For the first start of this uh, new show for us... um, I would say it's a solid. Did I have anything? And I'm, I'm more curious about it leading into the show, so that's a good thing. So, um, I enjoyed it. Fine, I'll give it. I'll, I'll. I'll say. Say it's a four out of five. Wow, a solid four out of five. Four out eight. of five.
0: There we go. I'd- I put a four point five accent. I was going to give it a three point five.
1: Okay, Great. I think
0: it's good, but there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Uh, and yeah, it's stuff, not, it, it, it's just starting out, so it needs to explain some things.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's part of a like arcing story arc, and most pilots normally have it up front, but this pilot does not have like everything we want to know. We have yeah. more to uh, find out as we watch the show. Characters so. working
0: at this company and they're already writers. What's up with that? What are these monsters? Where do they come from? Who's the guy at the cafe who was freaking out? And he kind of flashed the sort of writer thing going on there. He dropped a card. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Who gives this episode a combined, a combined, a combined total of 7.5 out of 10. Not bad. Mike, who's your
1: MVP? Um, I would say, uh, Kazma,
0: the main character, Kazma.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll call him Kinzaki here.
1: Yeah, Kinzaki. And
0: I will give it to Kotaro. The writer, for having okay. all of this, all of his uh stuff together, he had a plan. He's scoping out people, getting the writer to live with him so he can get some inspiration.
1: Yeah, I can see that. That's that's a good choice too. I I so far I think he's kind of a little annoying at first, so maybe he'll grow on me. He likes uh,
0: the, he likes
1: milk. Yeah, lots of fucking milk. Many glasses of uh, milk. My guy, his fridge is full of it. And you know, as he's like writing his book, he has like he's like glug, glug, glug. it's like okay, that's a focused thing.
0: All right, that does it for this episode. Next time we'll be discussing episode two of *Common Rider* Blade, titled *The Mysterious Rider*. But until then, Mike, where can people find you?
1: Uh, people can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Mixtape. I I uh, post ramblings of nerdiness over there if you want to check those out. Um, I have my own podcast network called Project Mixcast, where I do various podcasts. Uh, so they cover from spies to Godzilla monster movies to Disney stuff to turtles to time travel. Everything under the sun, check it out at ingred.fm slash project mixcast and check it out on Twitter at twitter.com slash project mixcast. And last but not least, I do a Power Rangers podcast with our mutual friend Sean. I tell you, I on there as well doing comics edition with Sean. Um, it's it's uh, Into the Grid. We are covering Lightspeed Rescue, finishing that up. Hopefully, uh, pretty soon we're on hiatus right now because Sean's life is busy at the moment, but uh, we're still uploading content over there. And uh, yeah, it's a fun show. Definitely a fun podcast to listen to. And the next episode coming out pretty soon is the uh, Lightspeed Rescue and the Lost Galaxy team-up that Tyler's on. So uh, that was a long time ago we recorded that, but it's coming out uh, by the time this episode probably does come out. Um, So check it out on anchored slash into the grid and check it out on Twitter at going into the grid. Good stuff there. What about you, Tyler? Where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Tyler Rims. That's T-Y-L-A-R-T-Y-L-A-R-I-M-S. And there you can find all the other podcasts I do, including Trouble to the Tipton that I do with mutual friend Sean, which is taking a different turn right now, of course, because Sean is busy and we're just changing up the, the formula a little bit. Uh, all the angles that I do with my friends Zero and Sly, we're talking about games and also occasionally Yu-Gi-Oh! And Game Over Screen that I do with Sean and Brendan, where the past two episodes I have hosted with my friend Zero, and then this week, uh, Sean said he would be back, so there we go, you also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Tyler Tyler Rimmons where I play video games, including Final Fantasy 13, Kingdom Hearts 1, Crash Bandicoot 4, Zero Escape, and and something else that I'm forgetting, uh, Yakuza Zero, there we go, that's the name of it. <laughs> but uh that's it for me. So as for this podcast, writer die, you can find us on Twitter at Rider Die Podcast. Uh and there you can find us on you can also find us on Anchor, Anchor.fm forward slash writer hyphen die. Through anchor, you can send us a message. Um it's you just click the message button, it's a little one minute message thing. You can also find us on other places from there, including Anchor itself, where we host the podcast. Also, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, all that stuff. If you, if you think about a place where you listen to podcasts, it's probably there. If it's not, let us know, either through the message button or on, on Twitter at Podcast or through our email at podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, uh, as we're entering this new season of Ride or Die, we want to hear your thoughts on what we're watching. And if you've seen Blade, tell us what you think about uh, Blade as we watch it. Uh, Give us your opinions on the Riders, the undead, and give us a little scoopy scoop information about the show if you don't know. Uh, Some fun facts, if you want to. Go ahead. We're all ears.
0: All right. So, uh, again... Uh, Next time we will be watching Kamen Rider Blade episode 2, titled The Mysterious Rider. Uh, But until then, we'll hope to be your ride or die.
1: Ride or die.